Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 106. Ing you to the existence of the House on the Rock. Shadow had seen the signs and wondered about them. Did the house balance perilously upon the rock? What was so interesting about the rock? About the house? He had given it a passing thought and then forgotten it. Shadow was not in the habit of visiting roadside attractions. They drove past the Capitol Dome of Madison, another perfect snow globe scene in the falling snow, and then they were off the interstate and driving down country roads. After almost an hour of driving through towns with names like Black Earth, they turned down a narrow driveway past several enormous, snow-dusted flowerpots entwined with lizard-like dragons. The tree-lined parking lot was almost empty. They'll be closing soon, said Wednesday. So what is this place? asked Shadow as they walked through the parking lot toward a low, unimpressive wooden building. This is a roadside attraction, said Wednesday, one of the finest, which means it is a place of power. Come again? It's perfectly simple, said Wednesday. In other countries, over the years, people recognized the places of power. Sometimes it would be a natural formation. Sometimes it would just be a place that was somehow special. They knew that something important was happening there, that there was some focusing point, some channel, some window to the imminent. And so they would build temples or cathedrals or erect stone circles or, well, you get the idea. There are churches all across the states, though, said Shadow, in every town, sometimes on every block, and about as significant in this context as dentists' offices. No, in the USA, people still get the call, or some of them, and they feel themselves being called to from the transcendent void, and they respond to it by building a model out of beer bottles of somewhere they've never visited, or by erecting a gigantic bat house in some part of the country that bats have traditionally declined to visit. Roadside attractions. People feel themselves being pulled to places where, in other parts of the world, they would recognize that part of themselves that is truly transcendent, and buy a hot dog and walk around, feeling satisfied on a level they cannot truly describe, and profoundly dissatisfied on a level beneath that. And that's our page. Page begins by telling us that Shadow did not typically visit roadside attractions. This is not entirely shocking given what we know about him already. He's a more straightforward guy with straightforward beliefs and likely thinks as roadside attractions like House on the Rock as maybe juvenile or a waste of time and money. Black Earth, Wisconsin, though, is a real place, a small town of about 1,400 people, less than one square mile in area, about 2.2 kilometers. The biggest claim to fame, really, is that the town was damaged in the 1984 Barneval tornado outbreak that saw up to 46 tornadoes spawning from North Dakota to Kansas. When they pull up to the House on the Rock, Wednesday expounds upon his belief that roadside attractions are the modern American equivalent of places of power in the old world. Sacred places like Stonehenge, I guess? Um, I really struggled to think of other places of power in Europe and similar other countries, and that's not my area of expertise, and for that I do apologize. Instead of building a temple, though, or some other place of worship or some other focal point, instead people in America supposedly build roadside attractions. Wednesday mentions a window to the eminent, capital I here, I-M-M-A-N-E-N-T, and he means transcendent or within the context of God or gods, the manifestation of the divine within the world. In America, Wednesday is saying that this sort of divine manifestation isn't found in churches or temples, but in roadside attractions. There's power there for the American gods of the title of the book, more so than they could find in more traditional places of worship, mainly, I think, because traditional places of worship don't really erect themselves to Odin or Anansi, who we'll meet shortly, or Chernobog. It's going to be traditional Abrahamic gods instead of just gods, plural. My guess is, too, that instead of having, instead of having these sorts of traditional places of worship, they do rely on other 
less common methods. Bilquis has her men, and if you believe the TV series, as I do, the women as well, the new gods will find out, get their worship through a number of channels. That's kind of a pun. And also mainly through attention of various kinds, which is not unlike any of the other gods we have talked about or will talk about in the future, really. The old gods and the new gods in this way do benefit from the attention of mortals, and that's why there are old gods and also why there are new gods that are doing much, much better than the old gods. I couldn't find a reference to a motel of beer bottles that Wednesday mentions on the page. In Riverside, California, there's a number of junk sculptures made of beer bottles and a church made out of beer bottles as well. It's known as Sanchez's Beer Bottle Chapel, part of Tio's Tacos, a local Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles. Couldn't find anything closer to that then. I also made a note specifically here that it says model, M-O-D-E-L, not motel. So there is a giant 35-foot-tall beer bottle in Gaylord, Michigan. That's literally a 35-foot-tall glass bottle of beer. And there's also a castle made out of beer cans called Kano's Castle and Antonito, Colorado. But those are the closest things I could find. I, I really struggled to find and identify the other things, and that worked out pretty well in the end. But this one was just... I could not find it. If you know what it is, please email me. There's a 30-foot-tall bat tower in Sugarloaf Key, Florida, known as the Perky Bat Tower, destroyed in Hurricane Irma in 2017. It was built in 1929 by Richard Richter, Clyde Perky, in an attempt to attract bats to eat the mosquitoes in the area. Bats were placed in the tower, but they flew away and never returned, so it became a roost instead for large predatory birds. The tower, curiously, was not designed by Perky, though it did carry his name. He purchased the plans to the then-called Campbell Tower and built his own on this tiny island just south of Florida, part of the Florida Keys. The feeling of satisfaction on the surface and yet dissatisfaction below is an interesting observation on Wednesday's part, and I think this is partly a reflection in Wednesday's discussion of being a con man on the previous page. He takes money from people, and they feel good about it from what he was saying, but there's definitely a certain level of the people especially if we're talking about people in this book, that know deep down they've been conned and they've been had, but they might not even admit it to themselves. If someone wanted to charge you to look at a pile of glued-up beer bottles, I mean, I think you'd probably slap them and run away, but if you make it a specific stop on the side of the road, maybe attach it to a restaurant, well, people line up in America to do that pretty regularly. Satisfying on a surface level, but then it's gone in an instant. You might think of it if you find a postcard that you bought or a photo that you took, but otherwise it's it's kind of there and it's gone. So I kind of get what Wednesday's saying here. Wednesday in his history as a con man, I wonder if he makes the same connection though. And I also have to think too that with Wednesday, he's going to have a time limit on his his kind of scams. I already mentioned the rise of security cameras previously, and there's other forms of electronic supervision that now are everywhere. So Wednesday scamming people at the bank is going to be significantly harder, and most of the other things that he pulls in the book here, or even the ones he talks about, have already kind of gone by the wayside by the time the book is written, and he mentions it. Magic only goes so far in this country, even though he is a god and he has access to certain charms and magics. America just isn't a country for magic, and we'll hear several times, I think, America is not a country for gods. And that's one of the themes we'll be chasing as we carry on forward here. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. 
Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme song. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.